Cavs need a three. Sexton works on Irving, trying to get loose. He'll fire. Knocks it down. Ground. Here goes Okoro to the bucket. And oh, my. Okoro throws it down. Ten seconds to go. Here comes Colin Sexton. Sexton chased by Hill. Off to Stevens. Oh, my. 45 ticks to go. That shot is blocked by Nance. Get that big stuff out of here. Prince knocks down that Harden pass. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for Allen. Oh, look out. There you go. That's called team ball right there. It's on Cavs, second annual over-under draft. I'm Chris Manning. Evan Daniel's with me. Ben Oxerod is our special guest. In case you didn't check out part one, go do that on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button where you're there too. Listen where you're listening to podcasts. Here's what we've picked so far for over-unders in the Eastern Conference. Ben took Atlanta for the over. I took Brooklyn for the over. Ben took the Cavs for the under. Evan took Miami for the under. Evan took Milwaukee for the over. I took Orlando for the under. And Ben took the Wizards for the under. So I'm picking... And then Evan will pick twice, and we'll, we'll continue this snake draft until we get to the end of the East. Each of us will have five teams. So I have three picks left to make. Evan has three, and Ben has two. Guys, I think this is where the East gets really, really tricky for me to pick. This is, like, scary season. I, I think so. I think some of these are just getting very hard. Like, I'm there's, like, one I'm staring at right now that I want to talk about, but the number is so high that I'm, like, a little nervous to, like, like I'm like Are you talking about Philly? No. Well that's like oh. we so we didn't pick Philly. We haven't picked Toronto. We didn't pick Boston. Yeah, no one has touched Boston. I think like the, what Ben did to end this show last in, in episode one was pick the Cavs for the under, because that's like a good pick. That's a good value bet pick if pick. we're if we're doing this. Um hmm. Philly is tempting because they have Embiid. Do you think they will be as good without Ben Simmons? Because well, he, he will not play for the Sixers this year. I'm more than certain of that. Yeah, so like that's the question. Like they were an over team for they hit they were 49 wins in a 17 game season last year. Hit the over. Um, they're two and a half better in an 82 game season this year. What I if think they got Malcolm Brogdon. So from that Indiana? so so here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna take Philly and I'm gonna take the over. I don't feel good about this. I feel very dicey about this, but you know, you live you live and you learn. Um, I think Joel Embiid's really good. Breaking news: Joel Embiid is an MVP caliber player. I think Doc Rivers gets something out of Tobias Harris. I think that they will probably get something that helps them now. In exchange for Ben Simmons, you would think. I cannot imagine this is going to be like really actually like. There's no way they're just going to roll in a bunch of picks and like that's going to be their actual return for this season with Joel Embiid. When you have to try to win now with a guy that good who has the injury history, he does. Tons of risk here. Um, I, again, I don't feel great about this, but like, I, I when I look at the rest of the teams available right now, like there's not really one that I feel particularly strong about one way or the other. There's a, there's one that I felt like I might do if Evan doesn't do them in one of the next two and we'll see if he does. But I, I guess I just had to go Philly and we're going to, I'm just going to have to live with, with, with what I've done here because I don't, I just, it's the best of bet options for me. Yeah. I, I think there's like two ways to look at Philly, right? Assuming they trade Ben Simmons, which everybody thinks is going to happen. Um, one, if you're arguing for the over would be, like the more that they can get this roster to fit Joel Embiid, which is what they started to do last year when when they brought in Seth Curry um, and started to surround Embiid and, and Simmons with shooters, is like the more you can get this roster to fit, which it didn't do for years, the better this team is going to be. So that would be the case for the over. 
The case for the under, though, and I think this is like as equally as intriguing is you lose Ben Simmons and now you're counting on Joel Embiid's health. And if there's one thing Mm -hmm. we've seen since he came into the league in 2014 is that you cannot count on his health and and say what you will about Ben Simmons, um, all the, all the fatal flaws he might have and and whatnot. uh, He raises team scores. And at the very least you could count on him to be out there, him to be healthy um, and, and him to, to keep them in games. And if Embiid went out, you know, you can surround him with shooters and and run a, a LeBron James light style offense. So, um, I kind of lean toward the under here, but also, you know, we look at it and I think we've taken a lot of unders <laughs> so far. So uh, somebody in the East is going to have to win some of these games. So I, I wanted to stay away from Philly as well, just because I didn't feel strongly either way. And I think you could definitely make a case for both sides here. No, I absolutely agree with what Ben said for sure. It's just the Ben Simmons factor is such the biggest variable. Joel Embiid's health is such a huge variable, but to buy like Chris, you made a good point. Doc Rivers for some reason is a Tobias Harris whisperer. He performs really well. And I think Doc Rivers is a really good regular season coach too, where he will maximize the potential of this roster. They may flame out in the playoffs in spectacular fashion, but Philly will be grinding for a top seed. I feel, um, I still feel like their off season isn't quite over just yet. Cause I think it depends on what they get for Ben Simmons. Like I think, CJ McCollum would be pretty a really good pickup for them. I think CJ McCollum would make them better in theory. I think Malcolm Brogdon makes them a lot better in general. And it just a lot of it does depend on the Ben Simmons situation. But I don't hate this pick. I think the over is a good thing. And like Ben said, somebody has to win in the East other than Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Atlanta so far. Because I think those are the three teams we have the overs or the uh, three of the teams we have the over on so yeah philly has to join the list as well so i don't i don't hate this pick i just don't feel good about any team left in the east right now just based on like i like some of these teams but like the the numbers that we're working off of here i just there, there's like just a lot of like ri- like un- uncertainty for me um and there's actually a pick i feel like i, I wish i should make. we'll see if evan makes it here evan you've got two picks what is your first one my first pick is the Toronto Raptors, at, and I'm taking the under on them for 36.5. They oh, traded gosh. Kyle Lowry. I don't know if Goran Dragic will be there very long. He could be easily bought out or traded. Um, they're kind of becoming a developmental squad. Like They're going to have to give minutes. To, I mean, yes, they have Pascal Siakam, who I know Masai Ujiri has said they have a good relationship, but he could very well still be traded. OG Ananubi isn't a bad player either, but like they have to give minutes to Scotty Barnes. Chris Boucher is like a development project. Presses Ascheua, who they got for Kyle Lowry, like they have to give him minutes. I mean, freaking Sam Decker signed with the Raptors. Isaac Bonga signed with the Raptors. Fee McCulloch. These are all players that are young and they need time to develop and marinate. And I think that we were talking about how the Magic might be trying to intentionally lose. Um, the Raptors could very well as well, where they could just really try to bottom out and they build around Barnes. Maybe they try to flip Siakam for more picks or assets or something like that. They just try to retool and reload with a very young and exciting team with like Scotty Barnes, hopefully, you know, panning out. But you get one of these top picks in next year's draft and you really go forward with that instead. Yeah, I, um, I, I was tempted to take the Raptors under as well. I'm just, I'm not like a Pascal Siakam guy. Like, I'm just not, I don't think he is that you know top level player who who can keep a team in a game night in and night out um it's it's a weird roster i think in terms of overlap and i think when you lose kyle lowry like everybody takes on a little more responsibility than maybe they've shown they're capable of doing so um yeah i mean i guess like 
if Scotty Barnes took took a big step forward as a rookie and, and was a rookie of the year type of player, like maybe that changes things. But I just I don't know. I, I don't know how long Masai is going to be there. It seems like he's being he signed he uh, signed an extension. Okay. So I, he, the, yeah. Okay. So he's he's he, I think he's locked he's locked in there. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, yeah. I mean, you do have yeah. a floor there with Nick Nurse, but at the end of the day, like this feels like it could be a. a more transitional year for them because last year they were really kind of in limbo with what are they going to do with Kyle Lowry um, and, and all that kind of stuff. The one thing I will say that makes me wonder if they're going to have like a more bounce back year is they still have a lot of like Fred Van Vliet is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Siakam has his value. Is, obviously. But well, no, then, uh, let me finish. OG's, I think OG took a big step forward last year. Um, I think Nick is a good coach and they're not going to be playing in Tampa, Florida. Like the, like like yeah. like for the for a team and like I think the Low- missing Lowry is a massive massive deal for them because he was he's like or truly not like like people project this on him like actually like the engine that made that team run not like the which happened with Larry Jr. Um, <laughs> I I tend to think that like there's got to be some help for them in being back in Toronto and like not like living this like bizarro alternate world like in Florida. Like everything about that was weird, and like I don't, I like they're gonna be back home. There's got to be some some bump there um, that I think is helpful. But Evan, we should take a, we should take a break here, and we'll be right mm-hmm. back with Evan's next pick. We'll be right back with Ben Axrod. First, I got to tell you about our friends over at Sweatblock. Sweatblock is doctor created, doctor recommended. It worked for up to seven days per use. It gives you a dry sure guarantee. So if Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. This has been featured and tested on the Rachel Ratio by Firefighters. It is a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. There's over 13,000 reviews manufactured right here in the United States of America. Sweatblock allows you to wear what you want to wear. Your, it's your little secret to confidence. It's a must for everyone's toilet your bag, whether it's a big presentation, a hot date, or recording a podcast on video on YouTube. Everyone can benefit. So use one of these great wipes. And right now, if you go to sweatblock.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN, you can get 20% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at sweatblock.com. Also available at Amazon or CVS. Today's episode is also brought to you by Stat Hero. Introducing Statero, the first ever daily fantasy sportsbook that puts the player in control of win- and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Statero shows you how their lineups shows you their lineup dares you to beat them. It is you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes. Winner take all. You have the advantage. Statero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in total control with Statero. It is the it is DFS the way it was meant to be one-on-one play stat hero now and change the odds go to stathero.com slash locked on to sign up for free and right now you can get three times back on your first play that's right they're giving you a 300 percent match that is unheard of so go to stathero.com slash locked on that is stathero.com slash locked on All right, Evan, your next pick is whom? I'm taking the Indiana Pacers, and I'm taking the over on them. Uh, they have Brogdon for the time being. If they get Ben Simmons, I still feel pretty good about them. They have Karis LeVert, who's going to be healthy. They have a hopefully a healthy TJ Warren. They have Sabonis. They have a hopefully healthy Miles Turner. 
They have TJ McConnell, Jeremy Lamb, uh, one of the holidays. They added Duarte this summer in the draft. I mean, the, the Pacers are a pretty just stable team. They're a pretty stable organization. And they added Rick Carlisle, who is a bit of a hard ass as a coach because I don't think that's, like, you know, they try to get past that with Bjorkgren. But uh, Carlisle's a really smart offensive coach, too. Like, we talked about this before. Um, Caitlin Cooper has pointed out a few times on Twitter, like she's been showing like clips of Mavericks offensive sets under Carlisle. The Pacers are already running those in summer league and they're running them very well with undrafted guys in Chris Duarte. So I feel pretty good about the Pacers and to Ben's point again, like they're not going to be like, they're going to make the playoffs. I feel they're not going to be world beaters in the playoffs, but to Ben's point, there's teams that have to win in the East. And I feel comfortable in saying the Pacers have a good chance to win with some of these other mediocre squads around them in the East. Yeah, and I, and I think they could be a team that has a trade to make. I, I think you look at their roster, just there's so many pieces there. You could definitely see them making a trade. So um, I just yeah. think like they're like, you know, we, we talk so much with the Cavs about like mid-market teams and how do you build. Like the Pacers build to have between 42 and 46 wins a year. They're never going to have more than that, but they're never going to have less than that. So, like, I just think, especially bringing in Carlisle after whatever was going on with their coaching last year, like, I just think this is such a a, 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 a safe... <laughs> That's such a nice way of putting that. <laughs> I think this is just such a safe floor from both a, a roster and a coaching standpoint. So, yeah, I, I like the over here. They, I don't know why. Is this your pick, Chris? No, they they scare me for reasons that I can't quite articulate. I don't. It's just like a gut like feeling for me. Really, I, this is the team you wish the Cavs would emulate the most for the same reasons Ben just outlined. Yeah, they will never I, win I, more like, than forty six. Never lose less than forty two. They are stable. They've are. I mean, have you been to Indianapolis? It's not a fun city to visit. It's wow, way more boring. Than well, I like Indianapolis. I, I I'll disagree yeah. there. Ben's, ben, I, ben, have you covered the combine? Is Carmel, that what I'm asking Car- here? No, I covered you the covered uh, the combine. I, I covered the first round of the 2018 NBA playoffs. Okay, there we go. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, Baker's Light Fieldhouse is a gem, but I think if you go to Carmel, it's nice. But Indiana is not my first pick to live if I'm a multimillionaire. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. I um, I don't, I can't explain why I feel like that number, but I, I think you, I'm actually convinced. Does the now. Sabonis Turner pairing just turn you off that much? No, um, I think I just kind of like. There's just some things I forgot. Like I really like Karis LeVert, and like I, I kind of just feel like if everything meshes with Carlisle there, then like that team is kind of well set up for success. So, um, we will see. Okay, so changing your mind in real time, I like it. Yeah. So I'm up. I have a pick, and you do. I uh, I'm gonna make a pick that I am a little bit dubious of myself for making because it's like a lot of my gut tells me that like I uh, I tend to think that maybe I like shouldn't make it because I there's a lot of reasons why I look at this team and I think like they probably shouldn't like improve in some way. But I'm taking the Knicks and I'm taking the over. Mm. Um. I think Thibodeau will really well coach that team. I think like if Kemba is like Kemba has to be better than Alfred That's Payton. A big if, man. but he's got to be better than Alfred Payton. I would just think he would be year two of quickly well, who looked good in summer that's league. That's not like a, that's also not a high bar to clear to that, be. Better well, that's than that's Alfred my point Payton. here. Like they get a little more playmaking. They replaced uh, Reggie Bullock with Evan No Google Fournier, like. I think that they just have some regression built in in terms of I think Julius Randle is like a real 
Like, if Julius Randle, like, isn't 90% of what it was last year, like, I think an under here would make a lot of sense. Um, I just, like, look at the East, and I think there's, like, a real soft middle. And I guess I just, like, am trusting what happened with them last year and sort of trusting some of the tibs of it all a little more than maybe I should. I just am buying the Knicks, and there's some there's some, there's some win totals on here that where we're at that are a little dicey to me. And I guess I'm just going to, I'm going to ride the Knicks wave and, and I might regret that. I really thought about hitting the under on them too. This isn't like a very confident prediction for me. This is just, I, R- I'm just going to talk myself. For maybe anyway. some new listeners. Chris is, has a lot of family from New York and it's, you know, fitting, but that they're he not has bas- both but New York teams. Yeah. But they're not like, eh, they're not like basketball people. though. Is the thing. They're like, my uncle's oh. like a Yankees fan. And then like, He'd be a Knicks fan by proxy. I'm sure he hopped on the bandwagon and they were good. He might have actually cared more about the Nets, like the one. And I had one of my best friends from college is a Nets fan. So there we go. That's fair. So ben, the, you have two picks. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Talk about the Knicks. Tell me why I'm dumb. Share his thoughts, Chris. No, Jeez. just, yeah, just real quick on the Knicks. I actually think this number is pretty low, so I like the I like the over here. So their over unders at 43 wins. They won 41 games last year, playing 10 less games. Right. Mm. So like this should be That's like true. if they're gonna take a step forward, they should they should clear this pretty easily, right? Yeah, I think it, I think it's really just like trepidation of like if Randall isn't as good and Kemba doesn't provide them with anything. But, and, but couldn't that be whatever, an overreaction like, to the way they went out in the playoffs? Yeah, I think Randall. I, I guess I, I think the playmaking is. I just think like Randall's season last year, like it, it, like there's a chance that like that was like his apex. And yeah. like if it is his apex, does he slide three percent back? Does he slide six percent back? Like how far does he go? And like that, I think that's like a question you have. Even if like New York is like the right situation, where, like he credits Kenny Payne, like who's his developmental coach at Kentucky, and like is with the Knicks. Um, with really improving him, mean, the Kenny Payne is still there. So like maybe like some of that juju is still kind of the right vibe there. But we'll we'll kind of see. Not playing for the Lakers under Luke Walton helps a lot too. Yeah, the non Walton, Larry, Larry Nance, <laughs> and all those young players flourished not, as soon as they the, left LA. Yeah, the non Walton bump. Um, okay, so Ben, your pick. Yeah, where are you going? We got four teams left here. Um, I don't really love. How did they leave Evan with the one no one wants? Yeah, um, I'm going to take the Chicago Bulls at forty two and a half. And I'm going to take the under. Oh, I think I've just okay. been like a I was giant do the same if they're available. I think I've taken mostly unders, but like I guess the argument for the over would be that this is a team that's very definitively going for it. Like this is a team that was one of the most active teams during the off season. Um, my counter to that would be this was also one of the teams that was one of the most active teams at last year's trade deadline, and it didn't amount to anything. Um, and so like. They're going for it, but how much do DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball really move the needle? Like, are, are they the difference between this team, what they win last year? They won 31 games last year. Now, granted, with 10 less games, 42 and a half is a pretty big leap. Um, I don't, I just don't see it. Like, I think Lonzo Ball has kind of gotten so underrated that he's become overrated. Um, I, DeMar DeRozan, I don't know. I just, there were, I, he doesn't do it. He's he he's improved in a way that is like gone unnoticed. James Rapine is weeping right yeah, now. Yeah, James is like eating a built bar and crying. Um, DeRozan has become a much better playmaker than I think he was in Toronto, and I we'll see if that carries over into Chicago and see how that fits with Billy Donovan. But like, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I eleven and a, like even if you're adding ten games, an eleven an eleven and a half win jump is like a pretty massive. Yeah, jump I mean forty in, forty two and a half wins is that's like the fourth or fifth highest win total on this list. Like I don't, I don't know. I just don't see that from this Bulls team. And um, I, I mean, the Bulls are at a point as a franchise where it's like I'll believe it when I see it. So I just think they they have a lot of guys, but I don't. I don't know if they have a lot of guys who like I really believe in. So I'm going to take the under on Chicago at 42 and a half. Yeah, I don't know. I, can I just say I don't know why they wouldn't have like. Won. I think Larry Nance would have helped them. I don't know why they wouldn't have just. Dude, been. I've I've heard on good authority that it was straight up offered Larry Nance for Larry Markkinen, and the Bulls said no, thank you. We'd yeah. rather have a first and a second. Yeah. And then the Cavs said, how about Nance and a second? And the Bulls said, no, thank you. We want a first and a second for Larry Markkinen. Yeah, Nance. Like, they don't want Larry Nance Jr. So I'm with Ben. I'll I'll believe it when yeah. I see it because I was pun intended bullish on the Bulls last year. They have. I'm like, okay, they have all the pieces, and then they were the biggest they were the most disappointing team in these last year ton riding on patrick williams as your starting four um you know like you kind of supplanted kobe white in your rotation with and not just getting lonzo but getting caruso yeah i mean it's a top seven I mean, that i like the, the bulls finally have a playmaker like no no shade to kobe white but like Sadaransky was their best playmaker last year, and he was a reserve two guard for them. Yeah, and now they have Lonzo, DeRozan, and and Caruso, and yeah, they're they're yeah. There's, there's yeah, we'll see what it like, and we'll see what kind of how if Billy Donovan can kind of recreate to maybe some of the good coaching he did at the when they were the three guard lineups in in there. Um, yeah, we'll see how that team shakes out. I feel like they might have to try to make another move as well. Um, so, okay, so we have three teams left. Ben, let's make your next pick, and then we'll go into a break. All right, I'm going to take uh, – I'm going to go the other way here and take the other ball brother. Um, I am going to take the Charlotte Hornets at 38-and-a-half. I'm going to take the over here. Um, Love this. And I could I Good could pick. definitely see the argument for against the under because I think this – or for the over – or I'm sorry, for the under because I think this is a team that could definitely have, like – too much buzz, no pun intended, at this point in their <laughs> rebuild. Um, but I just like Lamelo Ball, and like I don't want to bet against Lamelo Ball. Um, and I like this roster. I liked adding Book Knight in the draft. Um, I think like they oddly have Gordon Hayward playing the role that he's supposed to be playing. And I just think Lamelo is going to take a step forward. So thirty-eight and a half, like. I think it's totally conceivable that this team has a winning record next year. And if they have a winning record, they're going to blow past 38 and a half wins. So um, again, they're kind of in that position. I know we haven't talked about Detroit yet, but they have no incentive to tank really. I mean, unless things really go off the rails and they know where they're at post all-star break, which I think they will be right there in the mix for a playing spot. Um, you know, I think they have every incentive to, to go for it throughout the season and try to build around LaMelo. So I like 38 and a half here as an over. I love this. I think you're betting on the Lamelo leap. I think you're betting on, um, you know, Shaker Heights is on Terry Rozier still being, you know, having a good season. Um, I think you know they got Gordon well, Hayward. Man, he signed that Colin Sexton level ex- yeah. extension. He better be performing. Uh, they have Gordon Hayward. They have Miles Bridges. They have PJ Washington. Like they've they've got a good collection of talent. I think Brago's a good coach. Yeah. Probably lose something, some something to their team without not having Devonte Graham around anymore, but. Yeah, I like this. This is something I thought about instead of the Knicks one. Um, it's 38 and a half is like tricky because I could see them like improving enough 
where it's like they're like two under 500 right in that range and still being like in the plane but it being like totally plausible that like they just got a little unlucky and gets like 41 42 wins like i i like this team a lot um center is a little weird for them because it's like mason Plumley and kai jones are the only two like centers on their roster and, and pj washington will play center they will play small they will play fast and emphasize what Lamelo does really really well which is smart but a uh, little weak at, at center which is kind of an interesting function of that roster yeah, that's all. That's that's that of the three teams. So the two teams we have left are Detroit and Boston. We'll pick those after the break. I think Charlotte was clearly the the right one in that sense. So we'll be right back with more to finish up. All right, one last break here in Lockdown Cavs, and let me tell you about our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for you to go to your local chain auto parts store and them to have all those, the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and wait while the person behind that counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money using Rock Auto, so why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership for example a honda odyssey fuel pump is 353 from an average chain store it's only 216 at a rock auto it's also a family business serving do-it-yourselves for over 20 years and their prices are reliably low for every customer that includes brake parts tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution for your auto part needs Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable parts, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, so I am up. This is my last pick, and then Evan has to pick the over/under of whatever we have left him. Here are the two teams left, both of whom have even I'm odds. I'm nervous right now. <laughs> These teams have even odds. Uh, both are even odds for their win totals. There's the Boston Celtics. Because I think I know who you're going to pick, and I'm like combing through this team's offseason to have like a full grasp of it. I'm getting more and more frustrated the so more you, I re- so, read it over. So you think I'm picking Detroit is what you're telling me? Yes. So let's 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 stew in this a little. Let's make you suffer a little bit more here. So... Uh, hope you really gonna make hope me suffer hope because you're just gonna make you're just gonna get a nick angst at dm saying chris the episode ran too long on tuesday boston celtics so whatever oh Bo- no 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 i'm telling no 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 no. let me oh. evan let me talk here's the here's the here's the stage here boston 46 wins is their over under we're under at 36 wins last year in a 72 game season Minus 115 over, minus 115 under, even odds. Detroit, meanwhile, 20 was under 20 last year at 25.5 this year, even 115 over, 115 under. I am going to take the Detroit Pistons, and I am going to take the under. I think this team is a year away. I think this team is with in, down there with Cleveland and Orlando is sort of the, the bottom tier of the Eastern Conference. I like Cade. I like Isaiah Stewart quite a bit. I, I Sadiq Bey is a good player, but like the rest of the roster is a little bit thin. I don't know what you're getting out of Killian Hayes. I think this team like still has moves to make to kind of emphasize it. Jeremy Grant's like a really good player, but I don't know of how much he's like his last year, his apex. Is he adding a ton? Like, I, I think there's a chance this team gets like a little closer to this and is maybe comfortable from a, from a betting perspective. If you if, if Kate is like amazing from day one, I'm just going to go under. Cause I think it's going to take a year 
and they're going to be one of the worst teams. I don't think this. I just like don't. I had I, some of this is summer league PTSD to be honest. When I was watching them in summer league, and I just could visualize Cade like being really interesting and just not having like the quality of teammates to emphasize the stuff he's creating. I think they're just gonna they're a year away, even if I think like Cade is incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think Cade would just have to be that blow away rookie like who has them knocking on the door of the playoffs like to kind of change their traje- trajectory for this season um and i think you mentioned jeremy grant who in a way raises their floor but also he doesn't fit in with their timeline anymore because they have kate cunningham so maybe he becomes a a trade deadline candidate he has at that point he'd have a year and a left a year and a half left on his contract so yeah i um I, I mean, I like Cade Cunningham, so I don't. I don't think I'd want to bet against him, but I also definitely see the logic here for the under. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I'm a Cade believer myself, and I, Chris, as you know, I'm high on what the Pistons have done throughout their time with Troy Weaver, Troy Weaver running the show. But they're such a young roster; they're not as young as Cleveland's starting lineup might be because of Jeremy Grant being in the starting lineup. But they're pretty young and inexperienced. I think Dwayne Casey's a hell of a coach. Um, if but I, if at the I, same time, if I felt like Killian Hayes was good, I would. This would be a little yeah. harder. If I if I was like if I felt like I knew Killian what Killian Hayes, Hayes could was, still be okay. Yeah, but if, but if, but if I'm having to pick this now and I haven't seen him play 40 games this year at the start of the year, that changes how I feel about this. That just it just does. That's fair. I mean, if they bring back the teal jerseys, does that change your outlook on them at all? For the vibes, yeah, probably. Okay. Vibes, cool, cool, cool. vibes are on the same. Look, page if the there. Cavs just wore like their '80s jerseys all the time and had like the '90s as like the fourth jersey, that logo that Ben is putting up on video right now, it's more reason to subscribe oh. to YouTube. That's like a five-win vibe bump right there, right there. I agree with that. that, that that's that's a fair assessment. Real, real quick on Cade Cunningham because I don't think I've talked with you guys about this. Yeah, let's do it. Have you guys seen anything? like what happened leading up to the draft where I listened to all these draft podcasts, consumed all this draft content and literally every podcast, every article started with this premise that Cade Cunningham was not the consensus number one prospect in the class. And yet nobody would ever put anybody but him first. Um, there, I think it's draft yeah. analysts knowing Cade Cunningham was the top pick for the longest time, and they're getting bored because yeah. there's only so many ways you can say it. So maybe, I mean, Jalen Green worse, has the potential to be very, very good, well, and, and so does Evan Mobley. Yeah, those guys had some believers. But Cade's kind of been locked in as the first pick since he chose Oklahoma State over the G League Ignite program. Right, but I mean, that, that happened with Zion, too. Zion was the consensus number yeah. one pick, and nobody ever said, you know, R.J. Barrett might actually be the number one pick, and Yet every conversation started with some sort of Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green debate, and yet everybody – I didn't see a single mock draft that had anybody but Cade Cunningham first. It was just a very weird um, couple of it months of content. Yeah. I will say that I th- I think that he wasn't like a blowaway guy like like Lucas should have been or sure. or Zion was. Um, I will also just say that I the one I the, I think the only person I ever saw like really make a the, the strongest case I ever heard um, was with Jonathan Sharks advocating for Mobley as the number one guy in the class. Yeah, and Sharks is really smart. Um, so that's that's our Cavs hook for this episode that we didn't really talk about the Cavs. Um, I think he's going to be really good. I also again I just like I watched him do stuff in, when I was in summer when I was at summer league. I watched him pl- when I watched him play green. 
there were moments in that game where like he was like just an adult on the floor like owning dudes and that's summer league like it's a lower it's like uh, there's a gap there obviously that we'll see how he adjusts and everything but he looked really really good and uh i'm a i'm a kate believer i'm a i'm all in on kate i if you like raise the floor of the team immediately because like the east is kind of there's like some there's some potential there for him to kind of do that in case he's gonna like be a good veteran voice for him i think at least to start his career until like we'll see kind of where that goes but i i i think he'll be really good so ben that or excuse me that evan that leaves you with the boston celtics they're projected to win 46. I'm going to take the over on them, and it's a hesitant over just because I'm a big Jason Tatum believer. They've Brad Stevens has more or less reset this entire roster. They traded Kemba for Al Horford, which I thought was a move, I guess. I mean, I guess you, you recoup something of value because you can hope Al Horford can be something better than Tristan Thompson was, and then they... Extended Marcus Smart, which I thought was interesting because I thought Marcus Smart could have been a good trade chip for them, but also I don't know. Maybe they didn't want to trade the heart and soul of their team. Uh, I like Jalen Brown a lot. I think the Celtics, and I like Ime Odoka a lot too. I think that's a really good pickup for them at head coach. I'm intrigued to see what happens with them, but some teams do have to win in the Eastern Conference. I don't know if Boston's going to be a for sure lock to make the playoffs. I think they'll be flirting with the play and possibly a lower seed in the Eastern Conference. But they also feel like they're a move away, too, to maybe like really shore up the rest of this roster as well. And I'm intrigued to see maybe what they do with some of their other tertiary pieces, some of these younger players that they put together, because I don't know who's going to start. I mean, Schroeder technically is their starting point guard to start the season, but I don't know if Dennis Schroeder is really your best option there. If you can get a decent playmaker in there, I think it makes a lot more sense. But you lean heavily on Tatum, you lean heavily on Brown, you hope that everything just kind of clicks, and you hope Yudoka is just the right guy for them, and that Brad Stevens really isn't as green as he may seem so far. Yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely a floor there with Tatum and Brown, just in terms of you're going to have two all-stars on the floor every night. You're going to have probably two of the best four guys, two of the best three guys in every game. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I can't disagree with going over. Um, again, though, I guess, how, how did they get better? Is it Tatum taking another leap? Is it is it Brown taking another leap? Yeah, that's that's the question. Is like how how did they get better? They got rid of Kemba Walker. That's that's their biggest. Move. Yeah, and, and you could make. I mean, with the way Kemba was playing for them, like you could make some addition by subtraction just based on his usage and based on the role he was playing for them. Um, to to bring another Cavs hook into this, a lot of people in Boston. By that I mean Bill Simmons would argue that Tristan Thompson. Uh, trading him away is addition by subtraction. So um, I don't know, though. I, I didn't really love the Schroeder signing, although, you know, at what they got him at, you can't really argue against that. But, um, yeah. man, I, I'm just looking at their roster right now. Chris Dunn, Jabari Parker, um, Josh Richardson. Like, this is a, a really right weird collection of talent. But at the end of the day, I, I just think at this point you're betting on the floor of Tatum and Brown. Yeah, and you, I don't. I don't hate the Richardson addition. I think he was. He's Fournier been. He, but he's was, been. He's been really bad for two years, and the playmaking post Miami just doesn't exist. So like, I just don't oh, think we. He he can't create yeah. his own shot, but hopefully he can shoot and play defense some, somewhat and play. I defense. thought the extension for him was really weird too. Yeah. Yeah, that was odd. Um, yeah, that's, in your, like, your, that's what I'm saying. Like Brad Stevens gives me pause because it feels like some of the moves he's yeah. also made feel like overreactions for yeah. Boston. Well, and it's like I like Robert Williams, but you're betting on him being healthy and his production kind of holding up in in like 20, 20, 25, 30 minutes a game versus like sixteen to twenty. 
Like you're you're banking on him improving. You're banking on getting something out of Aaron Neesmith after a kind of a bad rookie rookie year. So like there's a lot of stuff and Tatum the, the two J's is like a really good starting point. Um you'll see what Canner gives you as your backup center. Like defensively that's that's tricky. There there's a lot of questions and we gotta see what Yudoka looks like as a head coach too, even if like the the read on him is that he'll be he, we would think he'd be good, but we'll, you got to kind of see it. And like, I, th- I thought Nate Bjorker made sense as a hire because, like, he was a Nick Nurse disciple and blah blah blah. And then obviously that was turned out to be really bad. So like, you never sometimes know until a guy gets there. Okay, so let's recap here. Here's our here's our picks. We'll go person by person. Ben took Atlanta over forty seven wins. Ben took Charlotte over thirty eight and a half. Ben took the Bulls under forty two and a half. Ben took the Cleveland Cavaliers under 26 and a half, and he took the Wizards under 33 and a half. Evan, over on the Celtics at 46 wins. Over on the Indiana Pacers at 42.5. Under at 48 for the Miami Heat. And over on the Bucks at 44.5. And then under on the Raptors at 36.5. I took over on the Nets at 55.5. I took under on the uh orlando magic at 23 and a half i took under on the detroit pistons at 25.5 i took over on the sixers at 51.5 which is probably my riskiest thing and i took the knicks over at 43 okay now that we're done let's just quickly debrief here do you guys have what is there is there someone else's pick that you most vehemently disagree with is there one that surprised you is there one you wish you would have made I wish I would have had the balls to make the Charlotte one that Ben made because I love that one. I I think that's a brilliant kind of kind of upside bet there. Oh, I love his Hawks pick off the offset offset even more. Like that's a really good pickup for. I mean, Atlanta's going to be really good next year, and I I don't know. I just I, I'm in. I, I like a lot of Ben's picks. He's he's a gambling master. I think he has a good pulse on this league as a whole. Oh, you guys are too kind. You national Ben. You'd have an you'd have a full understanding of how things operate. You guys are too kind. Um, I I like Chris's magic pick. I I think in retrospect that like probably that stood out as just you know like we said they're the one obvious tanking team. They're they're the team that from start to finish this season is trying to lose. So. Um, I mean, twenty look twenty three and a half is kind of low, just in terms of uh, what's the next highest number is. Is it the cat? I guess it's the Pistons at twenty five and a half. So it's a full two games under um, uh-huh. Detroit, uh, four games under or three games under the Cavs. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's very conceivable. Like the Magic end the season with less than twenty wins. Yeah, could be really rough for them. East is going to be interesting. I think a lot of stuff. We'll revisit this with Ben at the end of the year. We'll see what went wrong, what went right. Check out all of his work over at WKYC uh, Channel 3 in Cleveland. He and Tyler Carey are doing amazing stuff on the digital side. Denise Pulverine running a tight, a tight ship over there. Uh, got to deal with Yak, though, which is you know <laughs> fortunate for you. Uh, Evan, anything you got to plug as we get out of here? Oh, no, not really. I hope everyone had a fun, safe Labor Day weekend. Um, the Velosado is coming up soon. I'm really close to my donation goal. So if you guys are able to donate, I'd really appreciate it. And I've been trading my buns off all summer because we had a rando fan say I looked fat. And then I also had to start getting in shape for a 25-mile bike race. So I'm not going to finish first, but I'm going to finish. And I'll uh, be talking about it nonstop for the remainder of fall to the point where it annoys Chris. Where he's like, oh, Evan, you did a bike race. That's going to be one of those. That's going to be a running bit for a while. I'm looking forward to seeing you when we're at a 
the Phoebe Bridger show. I'm like, oh, Evan, Evan, I heard you did a bike race. Just really I'm just gonna wear the whole, I'm just gonna wear the whole kit, dude. I'm wearing my whole velo uniform, I, <laughs> glasses, helmet, everything. If you, if you do that, I uh, I will not be hanging out with you in public if you do that. Yeah, well, I'm hanging out with you in public first, so people are gonna think I'm pitying you. So. Um, anyway, that's gonna be it. Hit that subscribe button. Everyone will talk to you soon. And uh, back with more Lockdown Cavs. We'll be Ricky O'Donnell coming up this week talking about uh, what we're marketing. So stay tuned for that. And everyone, have a good one.